Anders Bjork is back with the Blackhawks organization. I'll get into why I think it was smart to give him an AHL deal and also discuss Caleb Jones finding a new home in Carolina. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everyone? Welcome on in to another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Go and follow me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman2, or you could also go and follow my strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest. Blackhawks news and updates. And just a quick reminder, make sure you're subscribed to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube if you haven't done so already. Also, make sure to follow Lockdown Blackhawks on Instagram to have a chance to win some cool free Blackhawks stuff as part of the giveaway that's going on right now. And I'll be talking a little bit more about that following the first ad break. So make sure to stay tuned until that point of today's episode. All right. Good afternoon, everyone. As always, thank you all for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. And thank you all for making the show your very first listen here to start off your week. I hope everyone out there enjoyed their weekends. And to kick off the show here this afternoon, kind of an interesting show that I have on tap here today because we wildly got some Blackhawks news to talk about here in the middle of August. Now, This may not be the most intriguing conversation for some of you out there, uh, but what I wanted to start the show with today is the return of Anders Bjork to the Blackhawks organization, which kind of oddly has me a little bit excited. Uh, Late last week, Anders Bjork, the Rockford Icehogs, announced that they had signed him to a one-year AHL deal, excuse me, through the end of the 2023-2024 campaign. Didn't see the cap hit listed anywhere, but Quite honestly, it doesn't really matter given that this is only an AHL contract. But of course, the Blackhawks acquired Bjork at the trade deadline last year in exchange for our boy. Future considerations, pour one out for future considerations, bouncing around to yet another NHL club. Um, but Bjork was a former fifth round pick for the uh, the Boston Bruins way back in 2014. Spent four years kind of bouncing up and down between the NHL and the AHL level. Wound up tallying 39 points in 138 NHL games for the Bruins organization. He was then traded to Buffalo in 2021, wound up with 16 points in 74 NHL games there. And then last season, he wound up playing in just one NHL game prior to being acquired by the Chicago Blackhawks. It spent most of the season down with the Rochester Americans, the Bruins' AHL affiliate. But I'll tell you what, Anders Bjork really showcased his stuff after being acquired by general manager Kyle Davidson. And I think there's really something to be said about the type of guys that Kyle Davidson has gone out and acquired from some of these teams, guys who just aren't getting an opportunity, guys who really didn't get much much of a chance with other teams. Anders Bjork was one of several guys kind of in that same situation that Kyle Davidson has acquired in, you know, just over a year since taking over as uh, GM. And quite honestly, what I saw from Anders Bjork at the end of the season, now I know he only played in 13 games of action, but tallied two goals, six assists for eight points, finished on a hot streak as well, had points in each of the Blackhawks final four games of the season. Kind of unfortunate that he wasn't able to put together more 
than 13 games for Chicago as uh, he, he was injured there shortly after being acquired from the Blackhawks. But in that short span, there was a lot of reasons to be intrigued by Anders Bjork, I thought the speed was really one thing that stood out, particularly in the neutral zone, turning that into offense. His playmaking was really sound. I thought he made a lot of heads-up passes that led to quality scoring chances for the Blackhawks. And I was quite honestly a little surprised. I know that the Blackhawks, heading into this offseason, didn't have a ton of room in their uh, forward group for next season. It's a pretty tight bunch. Um, but I thought Andres Bjork, quite honestly, did enough to get another opportunity here in Chicago. I was a little surprised that they didn't bring him back and also surprised that another NHL club didn't give him an opportunity with an NHL contract. Again, I know it's a very small sample size in 13 games, but uh, <clears throat> he certainly looked like he has some skills and could potentially be a bottom six guy in the NHL. So quite honestly, I I'm pretty happy. Uh, that Andres Bjork got an AHL deal to come back with the Blackhawks, even though he is 27 years old already, right? The time's kind of ticking on him. This is going to be his seventh uh, professional season. I thought he showed flashes of upsides, and I, I quite honestly wouldn't be surprised if Andres Bjork winds up playing well for the Rockford Icehawks. He should be getting a top six, at the very least, a middle six opportunity with that Rockford Icehawks bunch. And I quite honestly wouldn't be shocked at some point in time to see him get an NHL deal with Chicago. It's also going to be a very meaningful training camp uh, for Anders Bjork as well to kind of prove that, you know, despite having an outside chance to make the NHL roster, obviously he would have to get an NHL deal then. Um, but I think, you know, if he showcases that he can be in the mix, I do think uh, that's going to give him an opportunity one point down the road. So if I had to bet, I, I do think Anders Bjork winds up playing at least one game with the Chicago Blackhawks this year. Uh, and I also think kind of out of all the players that are going to be playing for the Rockford Icehogs this year, if you call up a guy like Anders Bjork, who I mentioned, already 27, already in his seventh professional season, you're not going to really feel bad about healthy scratching him. You don't have to be playing him every single game. It's okay for him to be a depth forward, whereas some of the other players, you would prefer them to be playing and developing in Rockford, playing there on a nightly basis, getting in meaningful situations. Anders Bjork is in a little bit of a different conversation there. So for a couple of different reasons, I think it was smart to bring Anders Bjork back on an AHL contract. Again, I was kind of surprised that no one else was willing to give him an opportunity. He's a Wisconsin native. I'm sure he likes coming back to kind of a, a local team here. It's going to be interesting to see how he fares in the preseason and for the Rockford Icehogs throughout the course of next year and whether that gets him another shot at the NHL level with the Chicago Blackhawks. All right, there are my thoughts on Anders Bjork coming back to the Blackhawks organization, which kind of oddly has me intrigued. Someone to keep an eye on down in Rockford next year. Coming up in just a moment, folks, don't go anywhere because I will discuss Caleb Jones finally finding his new home. But first, I need to talk to you all about FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting on Major League Baseball with FanDuel and you'll get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. It's $200 that you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over under to who you think is going to hit the first home run of the game, all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid out instantly. There's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. 
So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get up to $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Real quick, again, if you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel already, what are you doing? Please help me out. It only takes a quick click of the button. It won't cost you anything. And I greatly appreciate all of the support as I'm trying to grow the channel right now. And also, make sure to follow Lockdown Blackhawks on Instagram as well. They have a chance to win some free Blackhawk stuff, courtesy of yours truly, with the giveaway that I'm having right now. I've recently posted on the Instagram account pictures of all the items involved in the giveaway, and the lucky winner will be able to select one item of their choosing. And again, all you have to do in order to qualify, subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks, follow Lockdown Blackhawks on Instagram, and then just DM Lockdown Blackhawks a quick screenshot that shows you're subscribed to the channel. Those easy things will get you entered into an opportunity to win some cool free Blackhawks stuff. All right, segment two, also coming out last week and involved in the kind of random Blackhawks news here in August was Caleb Jones finally finding his new home as he signed a one-year deal with the Carolina Hurricanes at a team-friendly $800,000 cap hit. And of course, there's been a, a lot of discussion on Caleb Jones throughout this offseason and whether or not the Blackhawks should have brought him back and prior to that decision, whether or not he should be coming back. And I was a little bit stuck in the middle throughout this, right? Because I did think Caleb showed enough, particularly in the second half of this season after the Blackhawks traded Jake McCabe, when he got an opportunity up on that top pairing with his brother, Seth, they look pretty good together. The eye test passed. The eye test passed. And also, when you go look at Caleb and Seth's analytics together for the entire season, some of the better numbers of any D pairing that the Blackhawks had. But I also understood that with the direction the Blackhawks are heading in, they want to give a lot of their youngsters coming up an opportunity to kind of start cementing the left-hand side of the decor. And when you have Alex Vlasic, lefty, Isaac Phillips, lefty, Wyatt Kaiser, lefty, although I do think he'd be better suited in Rockford. Sounds like the Blackhawks are high on him. It's obviously going to come down to training camp. And then we have Kevin Korchinski, who I personally think should go back to Seattle because there's absolutely no rush at this point in time. And he certainly still needs to get stronger and develop the defensive side of his game. But apparently the Blackhawks want to be burning the first year of his entry-level contract, so I'm sure he's going to get NHL action at some point. And then the question becomes, does he look good enough to stick around? And those are four left-handed defensemen, plus the Blackhawks kind of wildly elected not to buy out Nikita Zaitsev. I guess the only reason for that is because they want his absurd cap hit still on their books to kind of help them reach the floor. But after not buying out Zaitsev and bringing back Jared Tenorti, I, I did understand that there just really wasn't a whole lot of room for Caleb Jones to come back. So him not getting a deal from Chicago, I certainly wasn't surprised by that. But as I've said many times on this show, despite the pretty polarizing opinions from Blackhawks fans out there on Caleb Jones, I think he's shown some upside for, you know, only being 26 years old. I know he's... That that's not young and he's, you know, starting to get up there. But considering the amount of NHL games that he's accrued, I mean, the last two years have really been his first full time NHL campaigns. He was kind of spotty a little bit early on in his career with Edmonton as far as whether he was consistently in the lineup or not. Um, and knowing how these things go for the Blackhawks, I mean, I can think of Michael Kempney, Jan Ruda, 
knowing how these things go for former Blackhawks defensemen that don't really pr- Gustav Forsling for, for the Florida Panthers now, knowing how this historically goes for the Chicago Blackhawks, watch Caleb Jones wind up developing to be something pretty decent here for the Carolina Hurricanes. But one thing I did want to discuss on the show today with Caleb Jones signing with the Carolina Hurricanes is something that I saw on Twitter when that announcement was made. And Jay Fresh Hockey on Twitter, someone who I've kind of referenced on this show many times, I think everyone listening to the show should follow him on Twitter and pay for his Patreon. I think it's like five bucks and you just get all the analytics. It's obviously his model, which is different than others, but you get some deeper analytics on a lot of these guys and just gives you more information. And for a lot of defensemen, particularly defensive defensemen, those are really what you need to look at to kind of truly understand how they're playing. But what I wanted to bring this up for is because I thought the data on Caleb Jones's three-year player card tweeted out by Jay Fresh Hockey, and I'm not knocking him here, but I just this is something that I've kind of preached on this show for a long time, and I thought this was a perfect example of it and why I wanted to bring it up on the show. I think it's a great example to show why analytics aren't the end-all be-all, and I've always been on that side. At the same time, I do love looking at the analytics because I'm someone who wants as much data as possible but I'm not going to lean on that to fully dictate how I feel about a player. I think you got to take some from the data and also some from the eye test as well. And the reason I bring this up is because Caleb Jones's player card is a little bit inaccurate in my point in time. And that goes to show why I don't think analytics are the end all be all because over a three year stretch, Caleb Jones has rated as a 73rd percentile defenseman uh, in terms of his war percentage He's also ranked in the 73rd percentile in EV offense, offensive efficiency, and in the 69th percentile uh, in EV defense. And he's got a lot of good numbers in between there as well, above the 50th percentile in finishing. And even as someone who's defended Caleb Jones on this show, saying he's probably not as bad as kind of the hate that he gets from Blackhawks fans, there's no way he's a, you know, a, a 73rd percentile defenseman in the entire NHL. That just simply isn't true. But I do think it's interesting to see some of these analytics for Caleb Jones stand out and you get a bunch of columns, a bunch of categories to kind of get a better understanding of what he's good at. And I think this is a good example to show that so often the truth probably lies somewhere in the middle. It's something I say a lot on this show, but Caleb Jones isn't as good as those analytics suggest, but he's also not as bad as some Blackhawks perceive him to be. I think the truth lies kind of somewhere in the middle. But as far as Caleb Jones going to Carolina on a team-friendly deal one year at $800,000, I think it's a, a pretty good bargain for the Carolina Hurricanes for a guy who has some pretty good analytical numbers and has found a little bit of success at the NHL level. I think it's a really smart signing for them, obviously, as a really deep team, but I'm curious to see how this is all going to work out for Caleb Jones, because the Carolina hurricanes are absolutely stacked on their blue line folks. They of course went out and signed Dmitry Orlov and free agency kind of interestingly brought back Tony D'Angelo. And then they still have Brent Burns, Jacob Slavin, Brady Shea, and Brett Pesci, who to be fair, has kind of been involved in trade talks for quite a while now, but that's an absolutely loaded decor, maybe the best decor in the entire NHL. And If there aren't going to be any trades, it's just kind of tough to see where Caleb Jones is going to claw his way into the lineup unless there is an injury or something along those lines. But again, I do think this is a smart team-friendly deal at only $800,000 for a very competitive team to add a guy who I think 
someone should be wanting to take a chance on Caleb Jones because is he a perfect defenseman? Absolutely not. Does he make mistakes? Certainly. He makes a lot of bad turnovers in the defensive zone, but he also has attributes that aren't very common for a lot of defensemen. He's a good puck mover, a good skater, can transition into offense. I think it's a, a worthy flyer here by the Carolina Hurricanes. And again, I understand why the Blackhawks didn't bring him back, but I would have also understood giving him another opportunity here because I liked what I saw from him at the end of the season. But of course, it's always polarizing. There's always varying opinions when it comes to either of the Joneses, Seth or Caleb. But I'm really curious to see how uh, Caleb is going to perform for him for what's expected to be you know, one of the top teams in the entire NHL in the Carolina Hurricanes next season. All right, that wraps up on my thoughts with Caleb Jones signing with the Carolina Hurricanes last week. Coming up in just a moment, I still have to get into our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment. All right, segment three, back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Before I wrap things up, per usual, to start off the week, still got to get into our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment where I answer a question from a couple of lucky listeners right here on Lockdown Blackhawks. And if you're listening to this right now or watching on YouTube, make sure to hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, go and comment down below as well. And if you have a question that you want yours truly over here to answer live on the show next week, DM me on any of my Twitter accounts. DM Lockdown Blackhawks on Instagram. I also have a place on my YouTube channel under the community section where you can drop your question there. Email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. Plenty of ways to reach out with your questions, and I truly do enjoy answering them live right here on the show. So please make sure to reach out and please make sure to show some support for Lockdown Blackhawks as well. All right, without any further ado, let's go ahead and get on into Mailbag Monday. The first question that I wanted to answer comes from Dennis Montgomery, who emailed in the podcast over the weekend and asked, which former Blackhawk do you think has a chance to come back in the future? Debrinket, Kane, yeah, I know those are the fan favorites that obviously um, Blackhawks fans are, are probably, some Blackhawks fans are hoping to see in the Blackhawks sweater once again, but I am just here as a reminder that this is no longer Stan Bowman's team, and I think Kyle Davidson uh, wants to be pretty different for from Stan Bowman for uh, a magnitude of different reasons, but Stan, of course, was in love with bringing players back for a second or, or even third stint sometimes. Um, it's not, I just don't see it happening or becoming a recurring theme here in Chicago. Not to say that it can't happen whatsoever, because I do think it's a possibility. I do think maybe if there was an opportunity to bring back Alex to at the end of his contract with Detroit, I highly doubt it, but I'm not going to say it's not possible whatsoever for Patrick Kane. I just don't think it's really ever going to make sense unless he's, you know, 39 years old and still performing well, which feels a bit unlikely considering his hip situation at the moment. Um, it just feels very far-fetched. The one that does interest me the most, though, is Max Domi, who a lot of people, including myself, expected to sign a multi-year deal in free agency and capitalize on the very successful last season that he had with the Blackhawks and with the Dallas Stars. But he elected to only sign a one-year deal. He didn't really cash in on the opportunity like a lot of people thought. And I do wonder, this is far-fetched as well, but considering there was so much discussion about Domi coming back and the front office loving him, Domi loving it here in Chicago, ties with Luke Richardson, yada, yada, yada. I, I do think there, there could have been the, the possibility that, uh, again, far-fetched, but maybe the Blackhawks had some sort of discussion with Max Domi that this isn't the time. Because if he was signing a one-year deal, 
it, it just seemed kind of interesting that he wasn't going to capitalize and get that long-term security that he wanted. I do wonder if there was some sort of conversation with Kyle Davidson saying, look, this, we know this isn't the year where we're truly going after it, but we're going to have a ton of money the following year. More guys are going to be arriving on the scene. This is going to be an intriguing place to play. And I know you want to go in and play meaningful hockey right now. Go and do that for this one year. And then maybe we can give you a long-term deal to come back with Chicago. Again, I know that's far-fetched, but I, I wouldn't rule it out that Max Domi still winds up playing for the Chicago Blackhawks at some point down the line because from both ends, it just seemed like such a perfect relationship. And quite honestly, we don't need Max Domi right here, right now. But a year ahead, he could be a really solid depth piece as the Blackhawks try to get closer to contention once again. So my answer would be Max Domi if I had to guess. The second question I wanted to answer comes from Zoe Kinzer on Instagram, who asked, what is your projection for Blackhawks wins this season? Do you think they can win 40 games? I actually wanted to pull up Blackhawks past results because I wanted to kind of I don't know off the top of my head the amount of wins that they've uh, accrued season by season. It kind of gets lost in the storm, if you will. Um, so last year, they obviously went 26-49-7. The year prior, they went 28-42-12. So I, I do expect the Blackhawks to be better than they have been the last two years. But at the same point, uh, at the same time, there are still pretty glaring flaws with this team, right? Like, as I outlined earlier in the show, the left side of the decor is expected to be very young. And then on the right side, could still have Nikita Zaitsev in there. Uh, I do like Seth Jones and Connor Murphy, but I don't know if they're going to be enough to kind of get rid of some of the learning curves that are going to come with those young defensemen stepping onto the scene. And then we still have Peter Morazic in net, right? So while I do think the offense is absolutely going to get better, this Blackhawks team has the making to be one that can score a lot, but is also going to give up a lot. So I don't think the Blackhawks are going to win 40 games next year. If I had to guess, it's probably going to be somewhere between 30 and 35, just for the sake of uh, coming coming to a total here. I'm going to go with 34 wins for the Chicago Blackhawks this upcoming season. Uh, that would be eight more than they had all of last year. Next question I wanted to answer comes from SD Honey4955, who emailed in the podcast and asked, when can Blackhawk come? Kind of a common question. When can Blackhawks fans expect to see? Oh, just kidding. This was a, a different question. Excuse me. I apologize, SD Honey. They asked, when can Blackhawks fans expect to see Frank Nazar at the United Center? I think he could be their best player besides Bedard during this rebuild. And I do like, I think it's going to be obviously Connor Bedard has the expectations and everything. But out of all the high-end prospects that the Blackhawks have accumulated over the last couple of seasons, I'm really interested to see who's going to be the one that's kind of the Robin to what's expected to be Connor Bedard as Batman. Is it going to be Kevin Korchinski on the back end? Is he going to be the second best player? Could it be Oliver Moore? Is Lucas Reichel going to develop into a full-blown superstar? Uh, is it going to be Frank Nazar? Who's it going to be for the Chicago Blackhawks? Who's going to be the other big gun beside Connor Bedard. And I think Frank Nazar, uh, unfortunate we didn't get to see much of him as a freshman last year for Michigan, but what he was doing for the development program, I'm not going to get too high on that, but oh my gosh, it was a reminder just how special of a talent this guy could be on both ends of the ice. And I'm really excited to see what he's going to do for Michigan as a sophomore. But as far as when we could see him at the UC, it sounds like if he has a good sophomore campaign with the Wolverines, he could wind up turning pro after the conclusion of the year. Maybe we see him get a little bit of NHL action late in the season for the Blackhawks. Um, but I do think 
the 2024-2025 campaign, if he makes Elite Pro, he'll probably spend the majority of the year in Rockford as the Blackhawks clearly want to be patient and want to properly develop these guys. So when could we see Frank Nazar full-time at the NHL level? 2023-2024, he's going to be with Michigan. 2024-2025, I think he's in Rockford. So 2025-2026, two years from now is really when I think Frank has an opportunity to kind of implement himself as a full-timer at the NHL level. Last question I wanted to answer today comes from Portland underscore Far Cry 13, who asked, Blackhawks Stanley Cup champions 2027. When's the cup? When's the cup coming back to Chicago, man? <laughs> yeah, uh, obviously a little bit of a shot in the dark here, but this year we know the Blackhawks don't have a roster to compete, but man, I think next summer has the opportunity to be really special. And same with the summer after that, because there are just back to back loaded free agency classes. More and more guys are going to be arriving on the professional scene. Um, if I had to guess, I think 2026-2027 is when we could see the Blackhawks make a really good push for it um, as far as winning the Stanley Cup. Hopefully they'll have an opportunity to do that for a long, long time when these guys arrive on the scene. 2027, maybe a little bit early, but who knows? If, if you said in 2007 that Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves are going to win a Stanley Cup in 2010, uh, a lot of people would have called you crazy and said this team is too young and can't do that. Sometimes teams that don't know any better kind of accomplish the unthinkable and go out there and win the Stanley Cup. I'm not going to say the Blackhawks are going to do that, but as far as their competitive window, uh, I think that's truly going to open back up in either 25-26 or 26-27. All right, folks, I think that's going to wrap up Monday, August 14th, had to think of the dates episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. As always, thank you all again for tuning into the show and make sure to go and show some support by following Lockdown Blackhawks for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast and to go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. And that way you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each and every day. As always, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Go and check me out on Twitter at JackBushman2. Or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. So until tomorrow's episode, that's going to do it here for the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.